I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewest.substack.com. That's what we're starting on. <laughs> You're right. No. So um, I, I briefly looked into the Kafka comment, and uh, he brings down a number of people who commented and tried to resolve it, but does not say that there's any merit. He says all of the handwritten editions of the Ramam uh, don't have it. I'll actually give out the thing. There you go. Um, uh, but what I wanted to read, and I, I'm reading this book because we've been talking about the, the, the manuscript thing, but also because I want to tempt you into reading this on your own. Someone translated the entire introduction into English of Kafech's um, Mishnah Torah thing. Hmm. And I don't think I brought this up earlier in the year. I meant to, though. And I wanted to just read you a little excerpt about, um, it's just one page about the, um, uh, just to give you a flavor for like how much chaos there was and and uh, and like the way he talks about it. So uh, so the, so actually, let me just tell you when Kafeh was, because I don't even know. Uh, Yosef Kafeh, born in 1917, died in 2000. Okay, so his grandfather uh, is, let's see, is uh, Yithya or Yahya Kafeh. Um, who was the big like um, anti? His uh, uh, for Kaf, uh, yeah, for Kaf. this Kafif is 1917 okay. to, that, uh, to the, uh, 2000. Rav Yehia Kafif or Yahya Kafif was the leader of the uh, the Dordaim, the anti kabbalistic Yemenites, 1850 to 1931. Okay, so that's what he's talking about here. So we're just doing a little introduction on, on something that I thought was interesting. So this Rav Kafif, Rav Yosef Kafif says. When, I, when in my youth I studied the Mishnah Torah with my grandfather of blessed memory, most people used printed books, each with his own edition. But my grandfather and several others had manuscripts which were several hundred years old, each scroll of a different age. And in this whole introduction, you go through like what he did and like the whole like Beth and like the Indiana Jones type aspects. Almost every halacha had annotations with various readings. <laughs> yeah. Um, some were passed over quickly because of their simplicity and, uh, and some aroused debate on the subject and its consequences whether relating to a halakha that will be not be applicable until the time of Mashiach or practical matters relating to the customs of our day. These debates were unending daily activities. Now, this is the part that I, I was amused by. My comment I made about being a doofus and a doofus. Something in my mind was like, did I read that somewhere? So here's what he says. Um, the errors and deficiencies of the printed text, the printed text uh, were so were well known, so much so that the printed books were used to characterize a mistaken person. When someone said something incorrect on some subject, they would respond, you are like a, a diffuse, you are like a printed text, and point out the correction. These matters were inscribed on my heart, and I grew up with the assumption that there are two types of Maimonides texts in the world, that of the Yemenite manuscripts and that of the printed book. With study and investigation over time, I realized that there were very many differences of various kinds between the Yemenite manuscripts and the printed text, although the differences were narrowed in the case of the older printed text, like the Roman edition. Okay, so this is what I want. So that was a, one thing I wanted to read. And then I just wanted to read one more thing, just the uh, where he describes the extent to which uh, this happened. He says, hold on. Yeah, but in the printed text, only if, so he talks about how the Rambam would continually be um, amending the text and then sending the the corrections to the Yemenite community and like it was a constant back and forth and that's why the Yemenites have the correct uh, have the most up-to-date ones and how the Ramam himself would consult manuscripts of the Gemara like he says it says here I've never seen this inside 
This follows Maimonides himself, who wrote in chapter 15, Laws of the Lender and Borrower, quote, and I have already examined the variant text, and I have in Egypt an excerpt of an old Gemara written on parchment in the manner in which they wrote over 500 years ago, which is pretty cool if the Ram is, like, 500 years ago is like, that's in, like, the 8th century, you know, and, like, he's, like, checking out the manuscripts. Anyway, one more paragraph here. This is, I'm reading from a translation of Kafa's introduction to the Mishnah Torah. He says, but in the printed text, you got to print the text there. Uh, um, <laughs> only a few of the changes which Maimonides himself inserted in his book appear, since only a few reached the very early printers. Some of the emendations which Maimonides added, he wrote in the margins on the side, and the copyists did not pay attention to the correct placement and inserted them in the wrong place, causing much trouble and difficult questions in the understanding of Maimonides' words. So that I didn't know about. Like He wrote corrections and then they incorporated it in the wrong way. <clears throat> I have noted these where they appear. They are few in number, but since but they have been added to the many errors that were made. The editors tried to deduce changes. The Mishnah Torah was subjected to severe editing by the printers and by various editors who made emendations of style, language, and structure of sentences, and the division of halachot. Maimonides himself divided his book into short halachot, as he indicated in his introduction, so that they would be easily studied and memorized. He did not number the halachos, this is what you were asking me about, and the numbers were added by copyists. Um, similarly, in the case of the Guides of the Perplexed, Maimonides made the divisions, but the copyists inserted the numbering. Okay, fine. The Mishnah Torah was heavily edited to the extent that there is hardly any halakha that has not been amended. I know of no other book that was so severely amended, and the reason is clear. I did not know this. There was no other book that was so widely and rapidly disseminated in many countries, and in particular in the lands of the East. That was the thing also about how the Rambam, um, one of the groups he wrote the Mishnah Torah for was like the Jews who just have no other guide, and like copies were sent eastward like to India and stuff very early and like there were I think somewhere he says there were Jews there who were like so disconnected from the Jewish community that they were keeping halacha based on like opening the Kumash and like trying to figure it out from there you know so like he wanted them to have a, a complete book of halacha um, this distribution and dissemination was in manuscript form so that everyone had a hand in it as will be explained below Every third or fourth grade scholar who thought himself capable of doing so would presume to try his hand at making emendations and corrections according to his own understanding. Also, there were truly great scholars who expressed their opinion here and there as a result of a difficult issue raised by the words of Maimonides, and they suggested an alternative reading. They never even thought of changing the text of the book, but others after them did erase the words of Maimonides and insert the alternative reading proposed by the earlier scholars, thereby distorting the meaning and purpose of Maimonides. But the original words of Maimonides, if they are understood according to the plain meaning, are crystal clear, and the emendations are nothing but mistakes, as I've noted in the text. And again, this is a 23-page thing, which I'm which if you're interested in that kind of thing, then uh, it's, it's there in English. I mean, it's much easier to read in English. I, I, uh, you know, it's in there also, but okay. Anyway, yeah. Is it where? If I want to read it in English? Is it what? Where would I find it? Oh, I'll, I'll, put, I'll post it in the group. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that is the thing. He says that they have a tradition that like, uh, all questions are answered if you have the right girsa, and I'm like, yeah, right. I mean, Ram says that also, but even Ram knows that, like, you know, that's not the nature of Ksav. Like, once you write it down, you're going to have questions and problems. Okay, so I believe we were up to, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop the recording here uh, and start a new.
If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.